Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I have a dear friend with me today, Jen Mason. Jen Mason is a national board certified health and wellness coach with a master's degree in integrative medicine and health science from Saybrook University and a master's degree in women's health from Suffolk University. Oh my goodness, Jen, you like... A, love school, and B, like, what cool things to, like, have degrees in. She specializes in working with heart-centered humans, experiencing high levels of stress and overwhelm, which is something we're going to dive in today. She has worked with thousands of people who seek an integrative and culturally sensitive approach to health and well-being, whether in a group setting or in one-on-one sessions. Jen helps her clients establish daily well-being practices that bring their greater calm, clarity, and confidence to their lives while supporting the health of their mind, body, and spirit. Some modalities she uses to support her clients include somatic yin yoga, restorative yoga, hypnotherapy, mindfulness, and Mayan abdominal massage. And if you're wondering what the heck that is, do not worry because we're going to talk about it in today's episode. Jen, you are an incredible inspiration. You've been an an amazing support to me in my life. Um, I get so much just from being able to see you online, learn from you. And for the people who aren't as familiar, if you could share a little bit about your background and your story, I would love to hear from you in your own words. Thank you so much, Amber, for the intro and for having me. Um, Yes, you basically covered, yes, I do love school. I've had to cut (laughs) myself off from going back to school because I'm, I'm a forever learner. Um, My husband has told me like, you're obsessed with work. Like, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but maybe all the debt that I have, it's <laughs> maybe a bad thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you nailed it. And I've, for a long time, I was searching for the thing that would tie all of these things together for me. I was always very passionate mm-hmm. about women's health and integrative medicine and the the jobs that I chose to take on before going back to school. It was always centered around well-being or acupuncture or herbal medicine and it once i found the mentor that i have now uh who is the one who helped kind of usher me into doing more of this mayan uh abdominal healing or womb healing uh, that's when i felt like it finally clicked it felt like it took me forever you know 37 years to figure it out but I feel like I've arrived to a place where I'm like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And so it feels really good. Mm, Yeah, I was going to say, I think that you are a really beautiful example of somebody who just kind of went for whatever felt right at the time. And it's all perfect because it all led you exactly to where you're meant to be. Um, And I know that when I am talking to you, I can just feel that this is such a zone of genius for you. And it's 
so much deeper than the things that you've learned in this lifetime, that this is just a part of your genetics, your soul. It's just been something you've been doing a couple times, right? Um, you were a really beautiful support for me when um, I was pregnant and then after I experienced my miscarriage. So I just want to take a moment to thank you for that because it was a really difficult time and I had a really hard time like knowing where to turn or who even to talk to. There's a lot of misinformation out there and also just a huge lack of information. Um, I do care very much about looking at things through a holistic lens and also through like a spiritual lens. And I just didn't know where to go for support. And I reached out to you and you gave me such beautiful support and advice. And you walked with me step-by-step step through that experience. And when I was in this connected space with you, I was like, wow, like she's so doing what she's meant to do here. Like that, it just felt so grounded and ancient the way that you mm. supported me and walked with me through that. And so if you could kind of go back a little bit and share how you found your way into the space that you're in now, I would love to share that part of your journey. Mm. No, I thank you for bringing that experience up. I know that that was such a um, intense time in your life. And, um, you know, one thing that like you said, there's a lot of misinformation or, or just a lot of information that sometimes we don't know where to turn. And I think that a lot of the times we, um, as humans with, you know, whether we have wounds or not, um, regardless of what's kind of happening for us when we have a loss or experience a loss, you know, a lot of the times we're just kind of left feeling like there's something that I know that needs to happen for my, for me to feel centered and grounded again, but you might not know what that is. And so this work is just so powerful because it really helps to provide that safe space for someone to actually be, you know, heard and so someone can, you know, have that conversation of like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling disconnected? What, why do I feel like there's something missing in my body or, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's just really powerful. And the, the work that I do now, I've always been, it's funny because I've always been interested in it. Even as a child, I remember my mm. grandmother, she was the one who, um, not even through teaching me, but it was more of showing by example or teaching by example i remember mm -hmm. you know waking up and and feeling her next to me you know saying prayers or using herbs to like help bring me back to you know health um i remember you know my um other grandmother she would do womb massage on me but even it wasn't for pregnancy it was for digestion mm. and it's all it, it's all been embedded into my culture and into my life that it just felt natural and it felt very much like um it didn't feel foreign you know what i mean and so it felt very much like i was stepping into the work of my ancestors and i was stepping mm -hmm. into the work that maybe i had done previously in another life um and it just it just clicked so the the i think one of the ways that that opened up for me or that path opened was through uh, working with cacao and connecting mm. back to the land and connecting back wow. to the farmers and the people who produce this 
this beautiful medicine where my family's from. Uh, my ancestry is Guatemalan and Mayan. And so to, to know that this is medicine from, you know, my ancestors, it's just so powerful. And I, it's funny because I've always had moments in with ancestral medicine. So like for, with, for example, with acupuncture, I've had moments when I would go into an acupuncture session and I would have like visions or I would have like, I, I could see angels. Wow. Like I could see like, I don't, it was just, it's so, it's just been powerful to, to be in that healing space and to see guides and to hear voices and to be told like, okay, this is, you know, you're on the right path. And so I've always had experiences like that, but it never, I had not experienced it with cacao until I just dove right in. And now that I'm like in the space of healing for, you know, for my ancestry, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this, it all makes sense. Like, I feel like I'm finally piecing the puzzle pieces together. So, Mm. Yeah. And that's where you describe this. And I, I feel like it was almost like a coming home, like for your soul. Like, you know, you, you already knew that this was the work that you were meant to do. You just kind of had to remember <laughs> that's yes. like what you're, what you're here to do. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, is it this, is it this, is it this? And I know that now you have a couple different offerings going on. And so I am kind of curious, like, what did you start with? How did that lead you to this? How did that lead you to the next thing? Um, because for people who don't know, uh, Jen actually has her own cacao uh, brand that you can purchase um, and also offers um, healing oils as well as the um, the in-person work that she does as well. And then I see you have been leading a lot of circles and retreats and things like that. And so I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I would love to do all of that, but like, I don't even know where to start. So if you could just share a little bit about your journey and your path. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey started with, uh, actually, it's funny because I started working for an acupuncture clinic years ago. I was in Boston and I started working for this clinic as a manager and I was just surrounded by healers and herbal, herbal doctors. And I was just mm-hmm. soaking it all in. And that was my, that was my, I guess, introduction to. Yeah you know, that type of healing medicine. That was back in like 2007 or 2008. I can't remember exactly, but that was around that time. And uh, around then I had already finished, you know, I'd already gone to college and I, you know, was it for sociology? I was really into like the sociology of medicine. I was so passionate about women's health, but I didn't know, you know, where to go from there. And I found the the program through Suffolk University in Boston. And that program was only around for a few years, but it was a women's health program. And it was a master's degree. So it was similar to like a public health program. And it was, mm. I think, the only one in, in all of the country. We only had like maybe, I want to say like maybe 75 graduates. Wow. Because that was, I honestly, when I was like reading your bio, I was like, I did not know that this was a thing. But also like leave it to Jen to like magically find find like the one program in the freaking country, like in the, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was serendipitous. And I, I, I did the program. I completed it, met so many amazing 
you know, women who were also in the program. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, I have a degree in sociology. I'm really passionate about women's health, but I'm not doing anything with this. I don't know what to do. I was in the health field. I was also working for like a hospital, Brigham and Women's Hospital around that time and, you know, doing administrative stuff. But I was like, it doesn't feel like I don't, Mm. you know, this is monotonous. Like I can do it, you know, I can be successful at it, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Um, That led me into having this major health decline. Um, Oh, interesting. I actually did not know this part of the story. This is a huge, like... A, a big part of the reason why I think where I am now is because of this story. Yeah. And that can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I had a very, I was 25 and I'd just gotten married. I was in the process of just going, finishing school and I was working full time. I was in school full time. I had just recently been married and all of a sudden my, my body just like shut down. And my thyroid decided to just kick the bucket, basically. And I remember like having chronic infections, chronic fatigue, chronic, just like constantly, like every month I would just have some kind of infection. I would have some kind of something that was just debilitating. Like I would go to work and I would have to end up in the bathroom, you know, or I would have to end up making a doctor's appointment because I just couldn't. I couldn't function, you know, yeah. and I was 25. Yeah. And so finally, my boss at the time, she was she was like, you know, you've tried acupuncture, you've tried herbs, like, why don't you go to a functional medicine doctor? And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. And so this was like around maybe 2010, 2011, around that time. So I went to this functional doctor and again, leave it to Boston. Boston is like, you know, amazing with all their, their medical advances and whatnot and the doctors. And this doctor was like, how are you li- How are you still alive? <laughs> like, how are you? Like, how are you moving? And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just have to, like, I have to work. I have to go to school. I have to, you know, do all the things. And he was like, your thyroid is basically like chugging along. Like, it's basically like gone. Like you're, it's, it's smoking. It's, it's gone. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And he was like, have you been trying to get pregnant? And I said, um, I mean, eventually I want to get pregnant. I just got married, but we're not like thinking about children. And he was like, okay. And he said, I would highly recommend that you don't get pregnant or like you like ever, like ever. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, the likelihood of you being able to get pregnant and sustaining a life is slim. Like you will likely have a miscarriage. And I was like, that was so shocking to me because I was like, what? I was 25, you know, newly married, healthy, you know, what I thought was healthy, but I had just recently gotten off birth control and I started to unravel, like getting off of birth control started to unravel this long history of hormonal issues that I had been experiencing Mm. since I was 13. I had never had regular periods or anything like that. And so that was something that I had to be on because I needed to have regular periods. Um, And so long story short, um, once I got off of birth control, I hit this wall of depression and anxiety. And I just, I quit my job. I took like a whole month or two months off and I just 
sat in a hole, like sat in a corner in my in our apartment in Boston. And we, I just wept like all day because I my body was like, try, you know, like, first of all, it was like my thyroid wasn't working. Like the medication was still, you know, in the process of like kicking in. So I was having all of these emotions. Finally, you know, my body started to like respond to the medication. I was told yeah. you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life, blah, 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 blah. I started doing all this research on on hypothyroidism. I started doing re- there was nothing at the time. There were no blogs. There were no mm-hmm. you know there was nothing. Yeah, like we're going like back in time. Yeah, here. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would like Google stuff and like I came up with like one book and I found one book at the Boston Public Library on thyroid issues and it was like a natural way to heal your thyroid or something like that. I can't remember, but it was one single book at a every single book in the library that I could find. And I devoured that book. And I was like, I need to do something. Like I felt so responsible to, you know, to fix, you know, this thing that was happening to me. And so that is how my journey began with Mm. um, integrative medicine and health sciences and women's health. I had already had the background, but then something happened to me where I had to take the initiative to start to heal myself and find ways and also figure out why am I having these chronic infections, right? Um, So I um, decided at that point, I was like, I was, I remember talking to my husband, I was like, maybe I should start a blog about this. Maybe I should start talking, you know, talking about this because I don't know who else is going through, you know, chronic infections and whatnot. So I remember like starting like a very small blog and like typing and like journaling about this stuff. And then I went back to school and I decided that I was like, you know what, if I'm going to go back to school, I already have a master's. I'm going to go for a PhD. Why? Because I'm an overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) And so that actually, I ended up deciding later that I did not want to finish a PhD, that really I just wanted to do coaching and I wanted to finish with a second master's. I was like, well, I'm already in school. Might as well finish with a second master's degree. I'm already mm-hmm. paying for it. So finished the the master's degree with uh, integrative medicine and health sciences. And then along with that, I did the, um, the coaching certification and the mindfulness um, training and all of that. So that was when I went back to school, I was like, oh my gosh, there are people who get it. Like there are people who I'm surrounded by therapists. I'm surrounded by doctors. I'm surrounded by people who like, I want to be these people, you know? And so um, that was, that became my, um, the thing that said Mm. my desire to continue this healing process. I remember going into a class where it was just all about learning and teaching about guided meditation and guided you know, guided visualizations and whatnot. And I remember going into like a shamanic journey with my instructor um, because wow. I, they were they were literally <laughs> teaching shamanic drumming. And so we did a shamanic drumming session in class. And I remember having such a powerful vision of um, seeing my grandmother, who my grandmother passed away years ago when I was very little. And... I remember seeing her and I stood in front of her and she was empty handed. And then I looked away and I looked back at her. She was standing there, but then she was standing with a child. She was standing with a little boy and he looked exactly like my son, my firstborn. My son wasn't born until 2017. 
So this was like 2012, I think, around okay. that time is when I had this vision. And I remember... Did you know? Uh, at like, that point, I was like, that's that little my son. Boy, you knew. Yeah. At that point, I was like, I told my husband, I told my father, I was like, this, I had this vision. And um, anyway, that I, I ended up, you know, long story short, I started implementing these practices, mindfulness. You know, I started practicing hy- uh, yes. hypnosis. I started practicing guided visualizations. I started doing all of the work. Not just because mm. I was going to be doing it, but because I wanted to heal and like I wanted to like see what does this actually do, and the chronic infections started to disappear. You know the, um, and I don't want to say that I don't say that so lightly because it's a lot of work, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. that was when I started to shift my mentality and I, when I started yeah. to shift the way that I saw this illness instead of it like attacking me, I was like, okay. There is, there is work that needs to be done. How can I embrace what is happening, this pain that I'm having? How can I change my thoughts around this? And like, can mm. I, can I see <laughs> that there is the possibility for healing within me? And can I believe yes. that? Right. And so, oh my gosh, I remember many times sitting on the toilet, like with this infection or like an infection and like, being in chronic pain and just being like doubled over, like thinking I'm going to work today. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, looking for all of these natural herbal, herbal remedies. And then finally it clicking for me. And like, I remember going into meditation as I'm sitting on the toilet and, yep. and, I'm, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, you know, I was trying to zen out. And that's when I started to notice like my body started to respond and my body started to like relax and my pelvic floor started to relax. And I started practicing that every day, every day, every day, as much as I could. My husband would come home and I'd be laying on the couch, like meditating, or I'd be like on the floor, you know, doing yoga or something. And he just kind of like held that space for me. Like he didn't judge. He didn't, you know, he was just like, that's Jen needs to do what she needs to do, you know? And so anyway, it's been I mean, I've, I've, I've had like infection, like flare ups, you know, since then, but it's, it hasn't been like, I don't go into a flare up now where I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening now? It's more like, okay, I have resources. I have tools. I know how to handle this. Um, and also like, I'm not going to let this take over my, my, my day and take over like, how I can respond to you know, what, what I can do for the rest of the day. Yeah, maybe I need to rest and maybe I just need to, you know, take some, some herbal remedies and to help me kind of like feel better. And like, maybe this is a reminder that I need to drink more water. You know, maybe this is a reminder to like cut out some sugar, you know, those sorts of things. And so now I can, I can see like, it's like I, I, my paradigm has completely shifted, you know, to be, to be able to like, my friend calls it quantum jumping. Mm. Where you can jump from like where you were, right, to like the story that you were believing to like a completely different dimension. And so that's how I feel like I finally have like seen like what is possible. Um, and that's the same with my my children. You know, I, I always believed that I couldn't pregnant and I believed for a long time, you know, I that I would never be able to sustain a life. And then when I saw that vision that I had my grandmother with my son, I saw I was like, Oh, oh, 
Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and then when I got pregnant after lots of, you know, um, doctor visits and whatnot, um, when I ended up getting pregnant, I knew, like, the moment I got pregnant, I said to my husband, it's a boy. Like, I know exactly who he is. And no I one met him before. I knew, yeah. yeah, I met him already. And my husband was like, are you sure, Jen? Like, are you? And he, you know, at this point, he knows that, you know, there's the intuition that I, you know, used to to give me lots of information. And so he was like, all right. And he, yeah. Then next thing you know, it was a boy. Um, when he was born, I was like, that's his little face. And, you know, so yeah, I, that is the, I guess that's the journey so far um, to how I got to where I am um, today. And it's mm-hmm. all kind of led to this place of, holding space for women who are also dealing with the those those feelings or maybe chronic infections or you know womb wounds um things that you know stories that we've held on to that um we believe or we don't even realize we're believing um and being able to say you know what i'm holding this space for you um yeah Yeah, I think that is so powerful. And I know that for me, I, I have the belief that part of my journey in terms of, you know, chronic illness, it was absolutely necessary for me to be on the path and the journey that I am today. And it's something that I wouldn't change for anything. And I actually also remember having that moment where I just came into relationship with my body where I'm like, dude, like we're on the same team here. Like it's not you against me. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're on the same team and really trying to lo- love on my body and be like, hey, like, okay, like what are you trying to tell me? What do you need? Like what's, what's going on here? And also uh, learning about mindfulness, guided visualization, meditation, all of that kind of stuff, affirmations, speaking kindness, you know, to your body. And I had a moment where I was like, if I have to go through this, I'm going to choose to go through this well. And I don't have control over much of this, but I do have control over how I exist in relationship to it. Oh, absolutely. And that was such a game changer for me. And much like you, I was also told that I could not get pregnant naturally. Um, I had a, multiple surgeries for endometriosis, PCOS, so on and so forth. And um, the one uh, re- related to chronic Lyme was the thing that had caused you know all of that and uh, my surgeon, I remember I was like waking up from anesthesia. I'm like, not even like awake. And he was like, yeah, if you ever want to have kids, you're, you're definitely going to have to do IVF. So like start saving now because your oh fallopian gosh. tubes are like shot. Like there is no, nothing's going to get down. And I just kind of took that as facts like, yeah. for the, for the longest time. I was like, oh, okay. Like, and um and so I, it was a surprise <laughs> when I got uh, pregnant with my fiance. Um, and I was overjoyed about it because even though I did miscarry, just the fact that I was able to naturally conceive a child, that just shattered that narrative for me. And I was like, okay, 
that was somebody's opinion. That was not truth. That was not fact. That was not anything. That was somebody else's opinion. And I know that my body is capable of miracles and my body is capable of divine healing. Mm -hmm. And my body is perfect as long as I give her the support and nourishment that Mm -hmm. she needs. And Mm. that was where I kind of just like went since that experience, since the miscarriage, I've just really gone back into the foods that I eat, the supplements I'm taking. Um, I'm a big believer in ozone therapy. Um, I've been able to connect with, you know, practitioners near me that are doing more of um, the herbal medicine, a functional doctor, so on and so forth. So, and that's one thing where if anyone is listening to this and there's something that has been told to you, whether it's a medical narrative or a personality narrative or a career narrative, that you're just like, no, I don't want that to be true. It doesn't have to be. No. It absolutely doesn't have to be. You you get to decide. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sadly, there's just so many lies, I think, that we believe, you know, that are put on us that may even, and I tell this to lots of clients, to my clients, you know, there's a reason why we have science. Like, I believe, I truly believe in science. Like, I truly believe that there is... Yeah, you literally got all the degrees. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's helpful, right? But then there's so... There's a piece to to this kind, type of care that is missing, you know? And that is just empathy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, knowing how to speak to someone when they're coming out of surgery or, you know, when they've just had a very shocking or very surprising, you know, d- diagnosis... Um, you know, and so that's that it, it, there's just hundreds of stories, like everyone who Mm -hmm. I work with, like there is something that they are told, you know, that they believe, oh, my doctor said this and my doctor said, and you know, and not, it's not my job to, you know, be like, well, they're lying, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, holding that for you and like, I'm sorry that that was what would happen, you know, and, you know. And being able to usher them into a space where they can can acknowledge, like, you know, what can I rebuild this trust in my body, yeah. right? And because yeah. I think a lot of the times we, when we're dealing with chronic illness or chronic pain, even is this yeah. just distrust in our body, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's where I think you know it's so important to have hope, and it's also so important to be in that space of possibility. But it is difficult when day in and day out you are met with, you know, pain, you're met with another diagnosis, you're met with another thing that is quote unquote going wrong. It is very, very difficult mm-hmm. to hold on to hope and to hold on to possibility. And I think that that is where being able to anchor yourself into, you know, daily rituals, practices, mindfulness, yoga, um, you know, even like when I'm taking my supplements, I don't just like swallow a bunch of pills. I'm like, oh, okay, like I know what this is and I know why I'm taking it and I take it and I visualize it going into mm-hmm. my body and like doing that thing that it's, you know, intended to help with. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. that I do is very, very intentional. I infuse a lot of energy into my healing practices, into like my care of self. Um, Even if, you know, I'm like eating something I'm quote unquote, not supposed to be eating, you know, I'm like, you know what body, like we are so in the mood for this, not gluten-free chocolate cake right now. Um, And so like, it is not going to harm us. It is going to be like most delicious nourishing chocolate cake ever. Um, And that's because I really have come to believe in the power of energy and the power of possibility and the power of us 
allowing ourselves to be empowered Mm -hmm. to know that all of this is a negotiation, essentially. Like all of this is us kind of getting to decide how we want to interact with the energies around us, including, you know, what is going on and around our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. And also just like the not having the shame of, like you said, you know, the, you know, non-gluten-free chocolate cake. Like if you want to have it, have it, you know, what's, what what's going to be more Unless you have celiac, please don't do right. that if you have celiac. <laughs> right. right. I don't have celiac, just <laughs> an intolerance. <laughs> but, you know, like the, what's going to be more harmful? Is it going to be like you shaming yourself for, you know, having it? Or is it going to be like you enjoying that piece of cake and like feeling satisfied, you know, and knowing that I had that and it was delicious and I now I can move on with my life and not beating yourself up over, you know, that you had the piece mm. of cake, you know? I feel like it goes for so, everything. Speaking of chocolate deliciousness, um, I would love if you could share a little bit about cacao and how you have kind of experienced your relationship with the cacao and decided to take on having your own, you know, brand essentially with the cacao. And I know that also for you, the sourcing and the mission behind that is really important because again, like this is, it's an energy. It's a medicine. It it is a plant. It is a way of life. It is a culture. It is all of these things. And I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that's like healthy hot chocolate. And I'm like, no, not exactly. I mean, if you're going to, they're they're going to minimize it to that then. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. All right. Like, whatever, whatever makes you feel better. However you get to letter in, (laughs) right? Exactly. Yeah. No, cacao is such a beautiful, such a beautiful plant medicine. It's I equate it to um, just helping you open the places in your body that need that love and attention. And so mm. any time that I have cacao, it doesn't matter how often I have it, um, how much I've had of it, I always <laughs> cry because it's just so beautiful. Like I just, I sit with it and like I just start weeping because I'm just so thankful for this medicine that we get to have, you know, that is mm. just has been shared um, through the farmers and the, you know, the, like you said, you know, as you were describing the cacao, yeah, that the main reason why I source uh, the way that I do is because it's so important to be able to give back to the community who creates it and to the farmers and to the families to help develop and to help provide, uh, you know, funds, you know, the money that they deserve, you know, for, for the work Mm. that they have done, you know? And so, um, yeah, I try to, as much as possible, you know, um, to really be able to, to source it from the farmers who, who honor and respect the land that my ancestors are from. And so it Mm. feels so beautiful to, to be able to, to know where it comes from and which farms they come from and who's working the land. I don't know if you see, but I have, I have it right there. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, I can't see it. Yeah. Can you see? Mm-mm. I think it's like maybe a little bit of Hold on. Your camera a little bit. Oh, oh yes. Ah. See right there. This is Jen's brand. When it, I have it, I have the big old bag, but um, it it lives on on my altar, so it's kind of like <laughs> always part of you know getting like charged up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I have a friend who is a local to Austin and and she sources the cacao for me. And I think she's bought so many bags. I told her, I said, I only have like two bags of cacao, the blend left. 
She's like, save them for me. I want them. I was like, girl, you're going to have to, you're going to have to find them before someone snatches them up. So, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I, I love it. Yeah. Such a good. Yeah. That was my, uh, and I, I shared this a little bit on the podcast with an earlier guest, but my first experience with cacao, I was not prepared at all. I like, I was like, oh, yay, like, okay, like yummy, healthy, hot chocolate, right? And I got my cup and I, before I even took a sip, I'm just smelling the cacao and just mm-hmm. floodgates, just pour, like pouring out of, and like they were the most cleansing tears. I think I, they were like, I don't know. It was like, they were like a different flavor of tear. I don't really know how to describe it, but they were like hot and like full of energy. Like these tears that were coming out of my eyes. I had never cried like that ever in my life. This is going to sound weird, but my tears are usually like, I don't know, body temperature or cold. Like these tears were hot. Like they were hot tears and like just streaming down my face. And it was odd because I wasn't like crying, but my eyes were crying. Yes. Um, and it was like this emotion was just coming out of my eyes and I'm just sitting there and I'm just trying to breathe as much as I can to allow it to just continue going. And I was in a circle the first time, um, I experienced cacao. So luckily I was with other people. There was, you know, two facilitators there. Um, and they were like, you know, talking, they're like, yep, this is normal. This is natural. It's okay. Like, let it go. And I just, remember feeling like my chest was getting cracked open. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how much weight was sitting on top of my heart. And mm-hmm. then the cacao just kind of like was like tick, 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 and then just like yes. like cracked it open. And then it was open and everything that had been kind of suppressed by all of this heaviness was able to like come forth and be released and let go of in such a it was powerful and gentle at the same time. Yes. Um and so like ever since then like me and cacao were we're, we're friends now. She, she my, she my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, it's, wow. It, it's yeah. That is the best description. It's powerful yet gentle and also shocking. Like how easily, like you can just, Oh yeah. Like I didn't, I, I just smelled it. I yes. like, didn't do anything. Yes. Like, th- there was no yoga. There was no chanting. There was no nothing. I literally just received my cup and, and was smelling it and just, yep. <laughs> Yeah, that quick. That is exactly how it feels to me as well. It's yeah. People, I think, don't expect it to be so, uh, so gentle and yet so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very, very, very special. And the other thing that I, you know, really wanted to connect with you on a little bit. I think that more people are starting to hear more about Mayan abdominal work or like sometimes people call it womb work. Um, can you kind of just for the listeners explain a little bit about that, the origin, where it comes from, and then maybe also how to um, either learn about this for themselves if they're practitioners or, you know, find a practitioner? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different, um, I guess, schools of learning. This is a, it's a, it's actually a, it's an ancestral, it's ancestral work, right? And so there are curanderas, like um, healers, womb healers who practice, um, who maybe don't have like a specific training. Like they've just learned it from family and it gets passed mm. down like okay. from community to community or, you know, relative to relative. And it's usually passed down um, from the matriarch, 
right? So like the woman in the family, like the grandmother and the mother. And so um, it's, it's, it's interesting because this womb work, it's not just, you know, tied to, you know, uh, Mayan culture, you know, the Mayan lineage, but there are many other um, cultures that also practice some type of womb healing. Mm. Specifically with Mayan, though, the lineage that I learned it from, it, it's a blend because it comes from my family, okay. right? So I have some education about it through my family, but then I tr- uh, trained and work with uh, Arvigo. So Arvigo um, is um, the main, the, the training, I suppose, that um, the umbrella that, that holds these um, practitioners and there's mm-hmm. several other other ones um, so the the lineage comes from a man a man named Don Eligio Panti and he is from Belize but he's passed he, he died in I think the 90s um, and that the work that he did was then passed on to um, uh, the his community but the the main his main goal um, for, you know, the the people who took on this training was that it would always go back to who it belongs to. So it goes mm. back to the Mayans. It goes back to the community. And so the training that I did, I trained actually under an a amazing woman who is actually from New Zealand, who learned it from Rosita Ardigo, who learned it from Don Eligio Panti, who is from Belize. And so mm. um, my mentor, she is, um, she's not Mayan, but she is um, uh, Bedouin. So she um, is from like Dubai and um, she, she's Arab. And so she, that's where, that's her, cult, you know, her culture. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, I get to, now I get to work on people through this program and, and continue learning and share it eventually, you know, be able to provide, you know, training for people at some point so that they can continue doing this work for themselves in, in their own home. Um, yeah. And it's, it's primarily focused on um, the womb, right? And so we work on uh, between the raw line and your pubic bone. And mm-hmm. so that's the area where we are working and uh, do a series of movements um, across the abdomen and across the womb to um, support digestion, but then also support fertility and uh, not just um, fertility, but like people who might have endometriosis or, mm-hmm. you know, um, PCOS, um, cysts, you know, things like fibroids, that, fibroids, yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. And so the the goal is to help to provide some um, blood flow to those areas that may be needing some additional support and also to help realign the uterus. So the uterus will sometimes go out of alignment and this can happen through, you know, um, from pregnancy or from some kind of injury or, you know, sexual assault. Um, different types of things that can happen. Also, just like emotional stuff that can, mm-hmm. can you know, when we have a tight pelvic floor, um, you know, the, the uterus and the organs can shift. And so the work of uh, Mayan abdominal um, 
belly care or massage, whatever you want to call it, um, is to help bring those organs back into placement or back into where they belong so that Mm. you can have a natural flow of energy um, to move out of the body. And so that supports digestion. And, you know, that a lot of people who are who come into session, you know, they might say, I, but you know, I have an intolerance to gluten and I, anytime I, I feel bloated. And so then I'll work on them. And then, you know, they start to notice a difference in the way that when they eat, like they might be able to tolerate, you know, different foods better because there's more flow and whatever was stuck energetically, but also then physically, whatever was stuck there has been moving out. And so lots of people will have like really solid bowel movement after coming to see me and even might have, you know, um, emotional, you know, um, block just get unstuck. So some people mm. will just report, you know, the next day or a few days later that they have significant dreams or they might even know they might even notice that they've just been weeping all day like not Mm. sure why or you know women who've had uh, miscarriages or who've had you know termination you know maybe an intentional termination you know like being able to like move that energy out um to to help them come kind of come back to feeling like themselves and feeling more grounded um and then you know the work that i do is it's interesting because i um, do often get energetic messages as I'm working with people. And mm, so mm-hmm. as I'm sure you, you know this because you also work with energy as well. And so, you know, I touch the bell and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know, Michael is here. I'm not sure who Michael is, <laughs> but uh, he wants to say hi, you know. So it's really, it's really interesting how it all just kind of, you know, you tap into the energy and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the doors, you know, fling wide open, you know? Yeah. And so, but yeah. yeah, for, for people who are curious about, you know, doing this work, there's lots of different practitioners, you know, available. But if you're like wanting to, to find one, you know, near you, you could very easily just go to the RV Go website and search, um, under practitioners and find one in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, well, and we'll definitely link that in the show notes as well. And I think that that's where, you know, it is a really powerful piece to touch on because our our emotions, our lived experiences, our, you know, energy, it's not just in our brain. And this is where I feel like you and I kind of take that as like, oh, yeah, of course, like our body stores things, but this is not common knowledge, right. not like everybody knows this, where our our body, our cells, our organs, our tissue, everything about our bodies is just encoded with, you know, not only like our our lived experience in this lifetime, but you know, if, if you are somebody who um is in alignment with believing in past lives and and things like that, or intergenerational trauma, epigenetics, like all of these things our body stores it all because our body is trying to figure out the best way to survive this lifetime. So it's going to hold on to every tiny little piece of information that Mm -hmm. it gathers. Mm -hmm. And that information can either be helping us or actually harming us. It can be, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of putting us in alignment to move forward or keeping us stuck. Mm -hmm. And this is where our bodies are amazing, but they're wired to do one thing and that's survive. Mm -hmm. And so if your body feels unsafe or it's kind of in that fight or flight 
you know, space or there's a lot of stagnation, right? Because it just kind of like got stuck somewhere because of, you know, loss or medical trauma or, you know, like you said, sexual assault. The body just is like, okay, we're just going to stay here. We're just going to keep it, keep it locked down because mm-hmm. this is how we're going to stay safe. And mm-hmm. it's so amazing that our bodies are doing that because it's our bodies trying mm-hmm. to do their job, but that might not be serving you. It might not actually be helping you to live a long, healthy life. It might not be helping you to achieve your goals. Um, if you are, you know, looking at kind of clearing PCOS, endometriosis, potentially increasing fertility, and your body's in a state of survival, guess what? Like your body can't thrive and heal and excel and accept new, you know, change if it's kind of in this like, you know, we got to fight, you know, mentality. And when we have that injury, it is so impactful. Again, this can be physical, mental, medical, emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we are going to do the work to be able to clear it, that is going to oftentimes take somebody, a practitioner, you know, being able to come in and not only physically, but energetically be able to help the body come into that feeling of safety and security and knowing it's okay Mm -hmm. to release and let this go. And that's where we see, you know, all these benefits for digestion and elimination and, you know, detoxification as well. Like Mm -hmm. our, you know, for people who are menstruating humans, like, there is a lot of our menstrual cycle that is actually our bodies releasing and letting go and like detoxifying. So if there's part of that that's stagnant and doesn't happen fully and completely, you're hanging on to a bunch of toxic shit like month after month after month after month. And like, you think that's not going to like build up over time and cause some problems? You are sorely mistaken. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, not just, this isn't to say, I mean, there's many people, you know, who who have had, you know, traumatic experiences, you know, or they grew up with trauma, you know, I just, you know, this isn't to ne- to negate, you know, that it can't happen, but you, you still can't, of course you can still get pregnant, you know, without this or without addressing traumatic experiences, you know, it happens all the time. Um, and it doesn't, it's not to negate, you know, the different, stories and the different um journeys right but i think that sometimes what happens and you could even you know think back on even i could even just use my mother as an example you know you know she had lots of things to kind of navigate through and she's you know well into her you know late 50s at this point and she's just now having this moment of like oh my body is have is like coming to a place of like I need healing or like I need something that maybe I never was able to mm. give it, you know, and, you know, it, it might take people, you know, a little bit of time to get to where they can see that there is generational trauma or, you know, generational cycles that that haven't been been broken, you know, and so it just it, it's everyone's journey is different. And mm-hmm. so I just want to, you know, say that, you know, it's not that you have to have you know, a connection to the mother wound or like break the mother wound or work with the mother wound or, you know, womb wounds or what what have you. It might not even be that. You might just, you know, maybe you're able to get pregnant right now easily and that's great. And, you know, whenever you're ready to to work with, you know, supporting your nervous system or like once you get there and you need support, like there's lots of resources available. Yeah. And actually, I really love that you took a moment to highlight that, Jen, because 
everybody has a different path. You know, everybody is walking a different path. And it's not to say that, you know, even like this lifetime is necessarily going to be the lifetime where like that healing is going to happen. And this is just, I think, one of those pieces where if you're hearing Jen talk about this and you're feeling a pull toward towards it, or you're feeling a call towards it, or you're thinking like, oh, wow, like that, that sounds really amazing. That's something that I would invite you to listen to and lean into. If you're kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like whatever, you know, that that's fine too. There's really no right or wrong. And I think that's also where it's so amazing. And one of the things I love about being able to bring this podcast to people is that there's so many different ways to heal. We have so many different ways that we can engage in healing practices. You know, maybe for someone it's, you know, breath work for someone, it's yoga for someone it's, you know, doing the the belly care massage, right? Like everybody can have different paths to be able to align with, you know, their highest self and the type of healing that it is for them to call in in this lifetime. And I also kind of want to, you know, take a moment to just touch on one of the things that I see you really emphasize being a caregiver and a care provider, and you're now a mother of not just one, but two (laughs) children, right? Um, What are some of the kind of like takeaway points that you could give for people in terms of just practicing healing and self-care in a very accessible way in their day-to-day lives? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not I'm not perfect, right? I think that as healers, we all can use our remind our own reminders because mm-hmm. we can very easily yep. get sucked into <laughs> I'm with you. Yep. you know supporting other people mm-hmm. and um, you know supporting our families. And I think one thing about this season in my life is that you know I I have done the work, right? And so now it's like okay, my life has shifted a little bit and I need to, how can I practice this? What I preach, you know, how can I practice this in a way that actually makes sense for me? And, you know, the the thing that I like to do or like, well, not even like to do, but like I like to share with folks is that it doesn't have to be, you know, meditate for an hour or meditate for 30 minutes. You know, you, mm-hmm. can, you could very easily like not even meditate. Like meditation is not for everyone right? Um, or yoga isn't for everyone. I think that there's lots of resources that you can try and you can decide, you know, I tried it. It was okay. It wasn't for me. I loved it. You know, you have the opportunity to make your own, um, what you want, what your self-care routine or whatever, you know, soul care routine, whatever that looks like for you. For me, what works is breath work. Um, mm. breath work is the the main thing that I always kind of go back to, and and that's the even even if it's just taking three breaths, even if it's just you know having a moment of quiet, you know, as I'm washing dishes or as I'm mm. washing my hair, you know, that if I'm able to take even ten minutes to take a shower, you know, without my <laughs> even if my kids come over, like I will say, you know, hey babe, like go talk to your dad. I get some time for myself, you know, and thankfully, like they get the, they get the point, you know, um, but it's, I know that it, it looks different when you, when you are a caretaker or a parent or you don't have children or you've decided not to have children, you know what I mean? Like it looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that it's going to evolve and change and being okay with that, I think is 
one of the keys to just being able to like not hold on so tightly um, to things that or to practices that you feel like, oh, but this is, I miss my meditation. Oh, I miss my thing or I miss this thing or I miss yoga. And like, we're holding on to these things so tightly. And then like, we then forget to actually like release that and be like, you know Mm. what? It didn't happen today, but you know what? Maybe I can find a little bit of rest by just taking like, a minute or two to just go outside and, and take in the sun or, you know, maybe do some, a little bit of ground or, you know, maybe I just snuggle with my kid today and like, you know, do some co-regulation together. You know, I just feel like it can be so powerful to, to find a little something, even if the thing that you normally gravitate towards is accessible or available at that time. Ugh. I love that takeaway. I think that that is a really beautiful reminder. And I think especially, again, for people who are in, you know, service-based positions and this, you know, means you, maybe you're a therapist, maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a healer, you know, but even just, you know, being a caregiver, whether you are a parent or a partner, or maybe you are, you know, helping to care for the people who used to be your caregivers, most of us, you know, really do find ourselves in a position where we're, trying to pour out of an empty cup and it doesn't have to necessarily be a whole big ritual to be able to refill it. Even if you can't refill it, you know, a hundred percent adding a couple drops is better than adding no drops. Exactly. Um, And I think that that is such a beautiful takeaway. And so Jen, for the people who would love to get cacao from you, get healing oils from you, how do they connect with you? How can people work with you? How can they buy stuff from you? Like you kind of got a little bit of everything going on. So so give us all the details. Yeah, thanks, Amber. Um, You can find me, um, if you are on social media, you can find me at Seba Wellness. And that's C-E-I-B-A underscore wellness. That's my Instagram handle and I don't really use Facebook that much, but I do have a Facebook page. Um, you can also find me on my website, um, and that's just at save, uh, or sorry, www.sabawellness.com. Uh, again, C E I B A wellness.com. And then just jump into the shop. That's where you can uh, find all the products that we've kind of discussed today. And then also you can um, click on the womb healing page or cacao page and just scroll down you'll find a little button right there to directly it will direct you straight to my booking page if you're local to to texas or san antonio or austin that's where you can book and if not you know maybe we'll find each other you know someplace if i'm ever traveling yeah i was gonna say because you you've been you've been getting around a little bit there's been some uh different like you know retreats that you've been at and things like that so what's upcoming in terms of um like retreats or any offerings that you have out of state yeah i've got um i'll be flying to taos uh, new mexico in june so i'll be there for a few days seeding a cacao and koya little like pay what you can gathering. And so it's just like a weekend long thing. So you can find that on my um, Instagram page. Um, it'll, it'll be in my newsletter this month. So you can also sign up for my newsletter and that's where I kind of send all the details for the month. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. This was a really beautiful conversation. I appreciate you sharing your story, your wisdom, and also some really practical tips for self-care and wellness. It was so much fun having you on today. Likewise. So good. We're always so good to connect. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.